brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Hey, everybody. John Manuel and J.J. Cooper. We had some technical difficulties today with our Facebook Live, but Carlos Colazzo's jumping in to be the Linwood Webb and the cameraman of this event. Going so, with the shaky cam. That's right. So thanks, Carlos. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Today's Baseball America podcast and Facebook Live. Our podcast and Facebook Live broadcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop Baseballism.com to receive 20% off. If you visit Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017, you, refree, you receive free shipping on your next order. That's Baseballism.com, BA2017 is the code. You can rock either of our shirts. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who watched the Facebook Live, ordered the shirt, used the code, got the discount, and she was saying that, that, that was she made a common core joke about your shirt, which is pretty funny. So shout out to Shannon Anderson for the uh, for the for the joke about uh, Facebook Live and even if we disagree on Common Core we agree on baseballism and how cool it is so we probably also would agree on how cool the futures game is the futures game JJ is uh, I know it's very high on the event horizon for you and me in terms of ranking our favorite BA events um, it's number one it's number one for you I mean just... you can't decide if it's number one for me or the Coddled Series the Coddled Series is great. Until you're there too long, I'm never there too long. But sometimes you're there two weeks, and it is I, I it is grind me, city. Like when I think of, I don't think I've gone to a futures game and walked away going, yeah, nothing much. You know, I won't remember anything from this. There's something <laughs> all right. You know, and I thought you were going to answer uh, Rule Five drafts are up there too. Yeah, Rule Five draft and Carolina League home run derby because Carolina League home run derby is nice too. But um, and then JJ and I, it's about a year ago, and this was not on the script. It was about a year ago that J.J. and I went to Fort Bragg for the Marlins, that Marlins Brave game. And uh, I'm from Fayetteville originally, and J.J. is a military history and military hardware buff. And first of all, just to be around those two big league teams, seeing a big league game in North Carolina was awesome. But second of all, the flyover. That's that's a a top ten event. It's like the best video I ever shot is just the flyover and then zoom into JJ and JJ's look of wonder on your face was just, it's like my all time favorite JJ moment. You were they, so happy. They, they, the helicopter started out, I felt like below us. So like when you're looking up from the top of that, uh, that stadium. It was awesome. It's just really cool to see one of your friends that happy. You were just so happy. You were at a baseball game with two teams like that. We had Ichiro and Bonds in front of us. We had uh, uh, just the scene of that and then the helicopter flyover. So, but I will but, say, but from a, every year, game, other top ten moment, 
Joey Gallo, oh, BP, in yeah. Minnesota Target Field ranks up there. Because it was like, I knew it would be great. And then it was as epic as I had hoped. I mean, it was all we were looking for. I agree. Joey Gallo, that's one of those signature ones. I always remember the one in uh, Anaheim because it was uh, Mike Trout as a low A ball guy. And we hadn't seen him before, uh, you know, uh, in the, at least the minor leagues. And just seeing him up close and personal, saying, oh, well, that's why they compare him to Brian Urlacher. He has no hair, and he has no neck, and he's just a giant muscle. And he <laughs> turns in four flats to... He first. was incredible. Uh, he just had such power and speed. It was really hard for us to well, comprehend. But also, that whole game was all SoCal players. That was a fun one for me. Another one for me is is the thing, again, it's BPs that stand out a lot of times. But hmm. I remember Carlos Correa matching Miguel Sano. Home run for home run and distance of home run for yeah. distance home run. That was in Mets. Uh, that was at New York City Field. City yeah. Field. So, and the thing that stood out about that is it's like no, no, for raw power, Correa's there with Sano, and that was an eye opener for me because you knew he had oh, good no power, question. but it was like I mean, Sano was considered one of those like the greatest raw power in the minors at the time. With with good reason. Look at what he's done in the yeah, major leagues. He's really that, guy, good. that guy hits no cheapies. Again, I also with that reminds me of John and I going to Elizabeth Efton. See, see, I was trying to avoid that one, but I'm so but, glad you went there. Miguel Sano, shortstop Miguel Sano, looking not a lot different than the body type that you see from Miguel now. A little different, but I, I, he's not he much. Listed. He was 6'4", 232 is what he was listed at. I remember telling you, he looks like Hanley Ramirez... Now, and that was like in 2009, 2000, I guess it was 2010. Nico Goodrum and him taking infield. That was Nico it. Goodrum, it looked like that Altuve, uh, Aaron Judge photo. That Except for seen. like the wide, yeah. small, skinny. What width instead of height. You know? Nico's getting bigger. He's yeah. not that big, though. I don't think he'll ever be that Neither big. of those guys are going to be big league but, short stuff. But the rest of the BP group, that, that was great beeps. Sano, Nico Goodrum, Eddie Rosario, and Kenneth Vargas as an NDFA. Pretty good beeps. We've seen yeah. some good beeps. And my favorite one is way back in the day. Uh, it was David Wright, B.J. Upton, Delman Young. I'll take a BP in Houston. And then Aaron Hill was the last guy in the group. And Aaron Hill was like my guy. I like covered him out of high school. I covered him at an LSU Tulane game in the Superdome in 2003. So I see him there. Aaron Hill was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing in this group. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um and then the next day, so after the Futures game, that's one of the few times I've actually stayed through to the uh, All-Star game. And I remember the next day being in line, there was a, an event, the Aquarium in Houston. Pretty sure it was at the Aquarium. And they had like all the All-Stars were there, and I was waiting in line for Shrimp Scampi with Mariano Rivera. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going like, oh my God, that's Mariano Rivera. So we're a little less, we're not around the big leaguers as much. At all, so we're. I'm still a little get a little starstruck. Yeah, I me, do. Mariano Rivera was Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I get a little starstruck. So I don't get starstruck at the futures game. I get excited. I don't get starstruck. Mariano Rivera. I'm gonna get starstruck. I'm, I'm not gonna be ashamed about that one. But we aren't gonna be starstruck tomorrow uh, or Friday, Saturday, I should say. Sunday for the game. You're flying down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Saturday is the Baseball America prospect pad. We will be entertaining a lot of uh, the minor leaguers who come through for the Futures game and some of the high school players, hopefully, will be there for the Junior Home Run Derby, which will be cool. Last year, you and I shot video of Hunter Green and Royce Lewis, uh, Home Run Derby, Nick Bruiser. I remember Nick Bruiser was there. I have my. I should have brought my notebook. And the notebook I took notes with is right at my desk. But uh, that, was, that, that event's pretty cool. 
But well, the game is Sunday, but the prospect pad, I would definitely stay tuned to Facebook Live, to Baseball America's Facebook page, facebook.com slash baseballamericamag. Which you probably know because you're, you're, you're on it right now. Or our Instagram channel uh, or baseballamerica.com. You'll see a lot of coverage from us uh, all day on Saturday for the prospect pad and then, of course, Sunday for the game. Um, JJ, who are you most looking forward to seeing in the game itself? I mean, maybe the prospect pad is somebody you want to interview. Who are you looking most forward to? Whose batting practice are you looking forward to seeing most? Who's going to be the future guy to tell, you'll tell stories about? I don't know if it'll be the BP, but I know the guy that I'm looking forward to the most is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Correct. That is <laughs> that is the answer. That is I mean, the again, answer. There's nothing against. There are many other really good prospects in this game, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the guy who uh, the hype preceded him. Yes. He's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's start with no pressure. Right. Let's start with if he'd have been, if he'd have basically been the prospect of get cousin Gabriel Guerrero. Yeah. There would have been he's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, it's the unfortunate the hype that you just kind of carry with that. I mean, his name is his name is his dad's name. There are a bunch of futures. I mean, of, of, of number one draft picks here, first rounders, high got high draft guys, big money guys. He's, but, on, he's in a class by himself. But the raves that you hear from scouts who have gone to see Guerrero this year, that Lansing club, and they see Bobachet also. It's a great club. Bobachet. But, but the, the, the raves that you see about Vladimir, you hear about Vladimir Guerrero, his hit plus power, it really is. I mean, the best way to put it is, is this was the stage that last year Eloy Jimenez had a great futures game, really kind of stood out as a guy, you know, in a ball. And you look at it now and you say, okay, what you heard about Eloy, because Eloy's value is almost all tied up in the bat. Right. No, no question. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Even more so this year, he's playing a lot of DH because right. of the leg of his, injuries. The hamstring and all. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I know he's playing third base. The value is all tied in the bat. There you, you don't really find a whole lot of scouts. I've not talked to a scout who went, man, his, his defense at third. Right. It you is. Have, you have talked to guys this year who've said, you know, he wasn't as bad at third as I thought. That's really what you get out of him. You're basically like, we're kind of talking about him the way defensively, the way we used to talk about Pedro Alvarez. You know, that's actually a recent similar guy in terms of everyone knew Pedro was going to get, was a big boy, could get bigger. People liked Pedro Alvarez's bat. A lot. He was a second overall pick, and he was a won a home run title in the National League. and still has been a disappointment. But people talk about Vladimir's bat in a completely different way. Oh, like and the separating, the separating. That, that's it. And he's got the name, and he has the no gloves, you know, no batting gloves, and the similar stance. But he's really not a similar hitter to his dad, JJ, because he controls the strike zone to an insane level. He, we, we can say this. Because we actually are both old enough that we, I covered Vladimir Guerrero Senior. It's like the John and at JJ the same stage yeah. in his career. It's I mean, like, I saw it's a John and JJ origin story. Right. We, were, we were at the same South Atlantic League All Star game and didn't know it. See, now, we didn't I, know each other. But I had the good fortune. I was in the division. Correct. I was covering the Macon Braves for seventy something games that year. And I was in the division. That you saw were, lots of the Albany Polecats. Right. I saw the Albany Polecats on a regular basis. And even at that time, Guerrero, Vladimir Sr. was amazing. He was incredible. But he was the guy who the ball would bounce and he would golf it out of the, you know, out of the park. <laughs> His son is the guy who, with a 3-2 count, 
gets that slider that is just off the edge of the plate, spits at it, walks to first. Or if it's, you know, 2-2, two -two, he does that, and then the, then the pitcher comes back with the next pitch with a fastball, you know, in more on the plate, and he destroys it. That's what he does because he has extremely advanced, extremely advanced uh, understanding the strike zone, plate discipline, and understanding his swing yeah, Vlad, for a guy who still could be in high school if he was in the U.S. Vlad Jr. has already walked more in his year in the Midwest League halfway through it, maybe a little bit more than halfway through it, than Vlad Sr. did. Hit 30 walks, only 45 strikeouts the year for Albany. You don't walk or strike out your way off the island, apparently, for Vlad Sr. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is clearly the guy that we all want to see. Um, I, I do think Bo Bichette, is one of the other guys because he's been famous for a while, uh, you know, besides having the big league dad and the older brother who was drafted. Um, he was in a lot of his high school showcases. He's got this. I mean, how many times have you and I both had to edit Hudson Belinsky writing about him in high school with the high elbow fire? And the hitting mechanics are still uh, pretty unique. But, J.J., if we had to pick a, mi a minor league player of the year at this point, Bob Bichette would be probably the favorite, right? I mean, I know he's tailed off a bit the last week, only because he's not hitting 400 anymore. Right. Although he is, I do believe, still a career 400 hitter for his minor league career. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that he's doing that in the Midwest League. We're talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting over 300 in the Midwest League. That's great. Yeah, Bob Bichette hitting 383. hitting 383, which... <laughs> With 32 doubles already. It's it's insane. Like, no, I, to me, he's... At the midseason, he is... When you consider the age that he is, he's the... Kind of the runaway uh, midseason player of the year. Now he's got to do it over the second half of the season, right? But at this point, I, again, I'm. There's been some guys who are having good years, but Francisco Mejia is having a really good year. But uh, to me, no, it's, he, he, it's the guy. Bo knows. Uh, Kevin Roter asks, or maybe it's Rodert asks, how big is Vlad Jr.? He's listed at six one two hundred. JJ, I believe you think he's bigger than that, right? I, he is. He's. The, he has, I mean, again, like you said, it's a very different body than his father. He does not quite have the high pockets of it his is, old man. It is not like, I mean, when you, again, if you are our age, you remember the live, skinny, twitchy. High, high right pockets. Right, high pockets. <laughs> right, very, his butt started right about here. I mean, he just had those long legs, long arms, short torso, just, uh, and sinewy body. Whereas Vladimir Jr. is not singing. Is already, uh, he's a thicker guy. I mean, but, and that was always expected. This is not right. a surprise. When you talk about, uh, you know, him when he was coming up and we had not even signed yet, it was always said, no, this guy's going to be, he's going to be a thicker, you know, sl not the runner that his dad is. And, and Michael Bailey asked, he doesn't, does he have his dad's throwing arm? He does not have his dad's throwing arm, correct? You know, so. so few do. Right, right. But, I mean, his arm actually has improved moving from the outfield to third base. It's a shorter arm stroke than it was in the outfield. He's actually been kind of playable at third base, it sounds like. But I don't think anyone expects him to be – it doesn't sound like the expectations are that he's going to be a third baseman or an impact defender. Like you said, the value is in the bat. Again, and I say He's not even because, Josh Donaldson. But the comparison that you get because – People do compare him as a hitter to Miguel Cabrera. Right. Which, I mean, you want to talk about lofty. That's comparison. pretty good comp. But he is Miguel. If he's Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera at that age 
was a shortstop right. who was going to have to move to third. He's 10 years further on in the Miguel Cabrera process. Probably true. Whereas Miguel, he is where Miguel Cabrera was, where he was a third base, being like, eh, we'll see how many more years he'll do that before he'll move right. to first or, or left. We've also uh, had that comparison thrown on Eloy Jimenez. So there's some the the the, the world this is team. This a world team that is the lineup's going to be loaded because those two guys plus Rafael Devers, who was in the game in Cincinnati two years ago as a low A guy, now he's in Double A. He already had a good swing at that time and was polished enough for a 18 year old that we thought he could handle the futures game. I remember him looking bad in that futures game, but he's not going to look bad in this game. I don't think this guy's. Uh, I think he's one of the lead to be a Red Sox prospect. Who's fairly hyped? I still think he's almost underrated. JJ, he's really, really good. Ronald Acuna, Victor Robles. I mean, this Esteban is... Florial is a low A guy, but toolsy as all. He is clo- he is more like young Vladimir in terms of his tools than Vlad Jr. Young is. Vladimir, <laughs> right? So I mean, the, uh, th- this uh, Victor Robles. Th- this is a incredibly talented. I mean, uh, uh, among prospect rankings, the lowest ranked uh, world outfielder might be Alex Verdugo. Is it Alex Florial. Verdugo or Florial? Florial. I guess it's Florial, but Verdugo's already in AAA. The door. Yeah, this, this is a, and we haven't even mentioned our number one prospect, Yoan Moncada. Oh yeah, he's on. The, is on this team as well. So this is a really loaded team. Ahmed Rosario, another top five, top ten. Is the cat, you know, is catching on this team. I mean, so Team World is going to show up and show out. I would, I would expect them to maybe fashion a two-game win streak. Who are you most expe- interested to see on the U.S. team? I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see Brendan Rodgers. Because he's also the other contender, really, for like minor league player of the year with Bo Bichette. He also hit 400. Granted, it was in Lancaster. Degree of difficulty lower than in the Midwest League. But he's gone to double A and started to hit uh, there again, JJ. I- I'm pretty fascinated to see when you're Brendan Rodgers and Dansby Swanson and Alex, uh, uh, Alex Bregman were already drafted ahead of you. Uh, there's some expectations to be that third pick. And you might put them on yourself, might pressure yourself. He seems like he's just kind of going with the flow at his own pace and is moving fairly quickly. I'll go with the uh, the six seven lefty AJ Puck. And okay, that's I, a good I, one too. I say that because You're sticking with Central Florida. I, I'm saying that because with Puck taking a step forward this year, um, much more kind of the guy that we expected to see. Really, last year coming into the draft, yes, didn't all go really that well for him. Fell to the A's. Looks like the A's may have gotten a steal there, but I'm I'm pretty excited to see him. I. You know, I want to see. Yeah, like you said. I, I want to see Michael Kopech. I wonder how much Michael Kopech is going to stay under control, or let's just hope that just for a little bit he just goes. You know what? One inning. We can't just have Billy the Marlin walk behind home plate just <laughs> accidentally get dosed by Michael Kopech when he's back there. That'd be awesome. Uh, no Thiago, offense, Billy. Thiago Vieira, Michael Kopech. Uh, you know, I, I want those to pitch in the same inning. So it's like yes. 104. 104. That could be good. And last but not least, I'm interested to see Reese Hoskins. We've written about Reese Hoskins a lot. Again, a sneaky prospect, a guy Ben Badler really, really high on coming into the year. And I just always go back to the fact that four years ago, I think it was, maybe five years ago, Reese Hoskins went to the uh, Cape Cod League and really hit and came out of the Cape as a dude and came out of the spring as not a dude. And that's when the bats were at their deadest. Baseballs were like softballs. They just weren't tight. And he had five home runs that spring for Sacramento State. And wound up in the fifth or sixth round. I guess it was the fifth round. And all that guy has Great done day. as a pro is just mash. His story parallels, to, in some degree, 
Ryan Howard for the Phillies. Ryan Howard was a six-round pick out of college. He was a little higher profile in college. He had a terrible junior season. Phillies got him in the sixth round. The guy went up putting an MVP and helping them win a World Series. I'm not saying Reese Hoskins will do that. I'm saying he has hitting ability and power. He's a first baseman who the Phillies got without a premium pick. I, I'm just really intrigued by Reese Hoskins. I want to see his BP. One, one difference is that whereas Howard was blocked by Jim Tomei, yes. Hoskins is blocked by uh, nobody. Tommy Joseph. Yeah, exactly. Not the same. So I, I, Tommy I mean, Joseph, not a nobody. I apologize. Right. Tommy Joseph, though, a little bit. That's, that's not a potential Hall of Famer blocking him. I did like the question here. Michael yes, Michael Bailey, Bailey has, asks again. Yep. Does Acuna have the arm to play right? Absolutely. Ronald now, Acuna has the arm to do. He, he pretty much has the athletic ability and the arm to play wherever he, wherever the hell he if wants. If we're going with old school uh, 1995 style league references, <laughs> which I'm we started all for, with it, we're going to end I, with I'm it. I'm all for doing this. Um, I have, you know, had a scout say like he reminds me a little bit of Andrew. Not the, not the defender in center that Andrew Jones is because. Who is? Who am I? I, I was going to say, really, I think you could make the argument that Andrew Jones may be the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. It's hard, hard, it's hard argument to right. make because you say Willie Mays, I say Andrew Jones, and our answer is I, I'm okay. Not sure, I don't know. What about like Gary Maddox, who like these guys who were only there for their defense? I mean, what the water covered three quarters of the earth, and Gary Maddox covered the rest, right? That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So you've had some of those types of players, but. In our era, in the last 25 years, I think Andrew Jones the best one. And the Braves aren't shy about comparing Acuna to him. They're just not shy about it. They did it at the winter meetings to us and said, you guys are light on Acuna. We ran him up, but we didn't run him up high enough. Yeah. You know, well, as it turned out. Our midseason update comes out tomorrow. Um, I think we may have rectified that in our midseason update. I'll yes. Put it that way. I just want to note for the record, here's some of the guys on that 95 Albany Polecats team, by the way. Javier no, Vasquez. No, 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 no. Okay. Javier Vasquez, Brad Fulmer, Vladimir Guerrero, Hiram Boca Chica. Uh, yes, and yeah, I'll correct. And, uh, Bob Henley, who went up a big league catcher, has been a longtime coach in the Nats organization. All time personal cheese ball, Fernando Seganal, I think scouting in Japan for, or maybe he's scouting here for Japanese teams because he played in Japan for a long time. Jason DeRocher, uh, Tommy Phelps in the building, Mike Thurman, who now scouts for the Yankees, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that was a team. Those were some dudes. Oh, yeah. Troy Mattis. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I'll still take my 95 uh, making Braves over that. Because you had Andrew? I had Andrew. Uh, see, I'm not making Braves run together. I right. had I had four big leaguers on the Hickory Crawdads that year, but the best one was probably... Carlos Lee. Uh, well, yeah, he was there for the first half. Nelson Cruz. Uh, what was the other not guy's name? Nelson. Mario Valdez. Nelson Cruz, the right-hander. Yeah. Not, 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 not NC Boomstick. Yeah. Uh, not him. The bad Nelson Cruz, but still a guy who got to the big leagues. Uh, Mario Valdez, the first baseman for the uh, A's for a while. I forget the fourth guy, but he was a cup of coffee guy. Our all-stars were former... I believe I had, uh, there was like eight making Braves from that year who made that. Our, the all-stars I drove eight hours to cover were both former uh, scabs. They'd crossed the picket lines, played the uh, strike games in spring training, and their reward was, okay, we'll give you a contract for this year. They were both 24 years old. One of them, a former Fullerton guy, yeah, Steve I was, Friedrich. I was covering uh, Andrew Jones and Ron Wright and uh, Captain Caveman, Ron Wright. Yeah, <laughs> that's one awesome. game, triple play. That's, and that's his only big league at bat. No, he, but he had one game. Oh, it's only okay. But one he game, had a triple play in that one game. We could go on. We will go on on our podcast. But I think Carlos's arms are getting tired. And the battery's running out on my phone. Oh, uh, there that works as well. Uh, Greg Posine asks, "Who's the starting pitcher for the United States?" JJ, have those been announced yet? I don't think they have. Usually, that's what happens on Saturday. 
Who do you who do you want to see start? The U.S. starting pitching staff is a uh, is pretty good. I would like to see Cal Quantrill start for the Cal world. Quantrill, he'd be, be great a, for the world. He'd be a great star, uh, great world starter. I would love to see Puck or or uh, Honeywell, Brett Honeywell. You know, he's I, a Triple A guy. You know, there's a lot of guys you could go well with here. I mean, uh, Tristan McKenzie, uh, oh, Jack yeah. Flaherty. We'd need to take Tristan McKenzie Brett out Honeywell. for some Cuban food. I mean, he's already from South Florida, but I mean, 165, we could do better than that. Hang with me, know. Tristan. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll fatten you up good. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for you. So uh, we'll have a lot of, we had a lot of fun on this Facebook Live. We're gonna have a lot of fun this weekend again. I would check your phone Saturday, see uh, who's the Baseball America prospect pad. We're gonna have it open from noon to eight. So just check our Twitter feeds, check the at Baseball America Twitter feed. It'll let you know who's uh, live on our Instagram, who we might be live with Facebook on who we post a video to BaseballAmerica.com with, and we'll have all kinds of crazy coverage on Sunday, including the often imitated, never duplicated J.J. Cooper batting practice, plotting where all the home runs are. I have are. to print out the photos today to be ready for it. It's uh, it's big time. It's a scene, man. I mean, uh, all, I got, all I do is write a column. J.J. goes uh, above and beyond. So this was fun as usual, yeah. J.J. We hadn't done a Facebook Live in a while. I'm sorry that I missed it. So. Yeah, I was going to say we had to, you know, we're a little late this week. We apologize for that, but there was the fourth, so... We, didn't, we were not coming in on the 4th to uh, record a Facebook. Well, we didn't even talk draft was, signing deadline. It was, it's was, it been crazy. So it's a crazy week. Looking forward to it being over. Looking forward to getting to Miami. And want to thank you, our followers, for tuning in today. Our podcast and Facebook Live are sponsored by Baseballism. Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball. Enter the code BA2017. Receive 20% off your next order. For J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel. And thanks, Carlos. See you on the next Baseball America Facebook Live. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.